0: book of Revelation really be understood amidst all the prophetic language and mysterious symbols? How is it relevant to the 21st century? What is the controversy between good and evil all about? How and when will it end? These and many other questions will be answered providing amazing clarity to the conditions we see in our world today. This seminar will bring you face-to-face with Jesus in a new and wonderful way, leading you to the most momentous decisions of your life. Welcome to Prophecy Seminar, the Book of Revelation. Here is your host,
1: Pastor David Price. Well, good evening, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to our Revelation Seminar. We're going to have a great time tonight as we explore God's word together and uh, our subject and theme is Revelation the Open Book and the thing that I love about the Revelation seminar is that it clearly reveals the Lord Jesus Christ to us in all his glory and it tells us how much he really loves us. Before we begin, I always like to start with four discovery points, which are not questions found in the lesson, but basically themes. Let's go through them. I want to ask the question, how do we get the book of Revelation? Secondly, what is the best method for interpreting the Bible? Thirdly, who is promised a blessing by the book of Revelation? And then what solemn warning does the book of Revelation give regarding the misuse of scripture so here we are revelation seminar lesson number one revelation the open book i'm going to ask you to join me on the front page you can either read it with me if you're an audio or if you're a visual you might like to look at the visual feed that we're providing for you tonight as it's an all picture program so thanks so much for joining us we're going to start on time Most people revere the Bible. In fact, recent polls indicate that men and women everywhere wish to understand the Bible better. However, for a majority, the Book of Revelation is a major problem. Its prophetic language and mysterious symbols seem to defy comprehension. So millions have given up ever understanding it. You know, many feel that the book applies largely to either the past or the future, and that furthermore, it is a closed or sealed book and not meant to be understood by people today. But the truth is that the book of Revelation is not closed. It's not sealed. In fact, God's angel commanded that it not be sealed. See Revelation 22 and verse 10. Some of the most important messages that God has ever given are found in the book. So Revelation is an open book, and it was written especially for our times. In fact, the last days of Earth's history, Revelation twenty-two ten to 12. And a very special blessing is pronounced on all who understand and heed the counsel of the book. You know, Revelation really is a summary of the entire Bible in which the main themes of Holy Scripture are reviewed in order to stress their importance. As an acorn embodies the mighty Oak, so Revelation embodies the great key points of the entire Bible. Well, seminars are very popular today. They're being conducted all over the world on virtually every subject. But this seminar is far more than the average seminar, which is planned to impart information or to satisfy curiosity. You know, last year I had the pleasure to uh, conduct a 32-week Daniel Prophecy Seminar with about 175 students online, as it is a very popular way to learn about the Word of God, especially through winter, if it's cold rainy and the weather's no good um, then people can enjoy this from their homes and also if there's another lockdown we have a way of staying in touch. So tonight it's exciting Um, we have over these two nights 201 students booked to join us for the Revelation Seminar so if you've just tuned in I'm uh, saying welcome I'm really glad that you're here and thank you for joining us. All right, I'd like you to join me at the top of page two. We're going to look at 11 great seminar benefits for you. You can either read it through with me or watch the visual feed on the screen. This seminar will bring you face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ in a most startling manner. It'll stop you right in your tracks. Suddenly you'll see Jesus in a new and wonderful light. And that's exactly right because Jesus Christ is the star of the book of Revelation. Secondly, this seminar will have a tremendous impact on your life and you will be changed in some way. The Revelation seminar will also provide a new understanding of the history of this world since the cross. In fact, the story of the centuries-long warfare between Christ and Satan is the theme of the great controversy. This seminar will give unbelievable meaning to the conditions in our world today. And I know that many of you are joining us because you're concerned about the conditions of these last days before Jesus comes. Point number five, we're halfway down page two if you've just joined us. This seminar, the Revelation Seminar, will unveil for you the meaning of grand, climactic and shocking events about to take place upon the earth. Events that will have a profound effect upon you and your loved ones. Point number six, it will actually reveal to you, Satan, the devil's plans to ensnare people. This infuriates him, so he will do everything possible to prevent your attendance at this seminar. The night you miss could actually be the one that you need the most. So be forewarned and forearmed number seven it'll lead you to the most momentous decisions of your life and i think spiritual decisions are some of the greatest decisions that we can make in this life because they concern the life to come number eight you'll be astounded as the great god of heaven and his son jesus christ speak to you through the precious holy spirit you will often be surprised at what you hear but keep your mind open. God's surprises are always for our good. You may not always agree with what is presented, but this need not prevent the seminar from being a great spiritual high point in your life. Number nine, as some of you know, the Bible is not like any other book. It was written by God and can only be understood as he helps us. Thus, it's absolutely imperative to spend time in prayer, asking God for his help. Unless we do this, the devil will see to it that we end up with erroneous conclusions. Point 10 of 11. This Revelation seminar will bring into sharp focus the fact that both the Lord and the devil are asking for your worship. The tragedy is that millions today are honouring Satan and they do not even know it. Revelation sounds an awesome warning against this and shows you how to avoid it. As Bob Dylan was singing a few years ago in his slow train coming album, it might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. It's very true, isn't it? Point number 11 of 11. You know, it's not possible to cover every detail of Revelation in a short seminar like this, as you would imagine, but the broad basic main points will be explained. So when the seminar ends, you will understand the book of Revelation. So friends, tonight, in light of the preceding 11 points, it's crucial that we stress again the importance of uniting our study of Revelation with much prayer. We should humbly ask the Lord to clearly reveal to us his important truths to give us the faith and the courage to follow where he leads. So I'm going to lead you now in prayer time if you'd like to bow your heads with me. Our dear and gracious Heavenly Father, we would humbly ask for both wisdom and understanding, Lord, in studying these ancient biblical writings And we ask that our lives may be enriched through this fantastic and challenging study of the book of Revelation. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join me at the top of page three and I'm going to ask you possibly not to be um, looking so much at at the lesson, but I'm asking you to look at the screen. We've got some beautiful illustrations. Let's have a quick preview of the book. In Revelation 1, the great news is the hero of the book of Revelation is introduced because Jesus Christ is the star of Revelation, and he is the hero that we want to portray in all his glory. When we get into chapters 2 and 3, we find there are there Christ's message to the seven churches. And right here in the start of the book of the Revelation, we find the first of the sevens and I'm about to mention four of them here in Revelation 2 and 3. As some as, as some of you well know, we have the messages to the seven churches in Asia Minor, which are in Turkey today. We then go to Revelation 4 and 5, where we open a mysterious book. Notice there are seven seals in that book. And then in chapters 6 and 7, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, come out and then there is the sealing of God's people. Notice here we run into the second set of sevens for here are the seven seals of the book of Revelation, one of my favourite studies of all time. In chapters eight and nine, we run into the third um, group of sevens and that is, as you can see illustrated well on the screen, there are the seven trumpets. This is a topic that is barely taught or preached today, but has relevance as we look forward and look back to the coming of the Lord. In chapter 10, we have a most startling chapter. We have an angel coming down from heaven. We have the eating of a bittersweet book. And then we hurry on into chapter 11, where we have two witnesses that are slain. They seem to be slain in the streets of France, and we will get into that in a future lesson study. They are two witnesses in sackcloth. Chapter 12 shows us a mysterious woman who's standing on the moon. She is pregnant. She's ready to give birth. She's clothed by the sun. She has a crown of 12 stars, and she stands on the moon. I would love to get into that prophecy tonight, but we're wanting tonight to be very clear in our presentation and we're wanting to be very brief for our introductory lesson. In Revelation 13, this is the topic that everybody wants to know about. We look at the mark of the beast. Can I just suggest for all of those who are very interested in this topic that we not only search out what the mark of the beast is, but you'll never know what the mark of the beast is unless you know who the beast is. And I think that's a really important point. So in Revelation 13, there are two beasts. We will uh, discover together the beast that sets up the mark. And I believe that mark will be coming in our time. Well, Revelation 14 is fantastic as well. It's the puzzling messages of the three great angels. Then in Revelation 15 and 16, we have the fourth mention of seven. Seven, the perfect number. And that is the outpouring of the grapes of God's wrath, also known as the seven last plagues. What a chapter that is. That is riveting. In Revelation chapter 17 and 18, we encounter mystic Babylon, the great harlot. We find out who that, that woman is and we find out who the beast is that she's riding. We then go to a wonderful chapter in Revelation 19 and we find out the mysterious rider on the white horse, the one who defeats the beast, for the rider on the white horse is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in Revelation chapter 20, a very confronting chapter which uh, talks about there the thousand years and the lake of fire, we find that the dragon is bound on the earth in the bottomless pit. For 1,000 years. What could that mean? Look forward to that study. Finally, we round up the study of the book of Revelation, this prophecy seminar in Revelation, with Revelation 22. It's about the city of God, which is about a new heaven and a new earth. So, friends, in 24 weeks, not eight, 24 action-packed weeks, the book of Revelation will come alive for you, I promise you. And when the seminar ends, you'll understand the book well enough to give a brief explanation of its contents yourself. And I hope, and the whole point of this seminar is that you'll share with others this great message, which is actually the intention of this seminar, and that is that you give a Bible study, the studies that you are getting through this seminar to your friends, to your family, And to your workmates. Well, I'm going to ask you now to turn the page. We're at the top of page number four, and we're going to get into our Bible study tonight. Section one is entitled, at the top of page four, How to Understand the Book of Revelation. Let's go straight into uh, Revelation chapter one. And we're going to look at verses 1 to 5, 11 and 19. Tonight, we will not be looking up your Bibles. That's for you to do at home for the next lesson. That's your homework to do lesson number two for next week. But tonight, we are going to review these texts on the screen and make it easy for everybody to see and all be using the same version. This uh, seminar has been set up to use the original version known as the King James Version, a very accurate and very safe version. Would you join me in question number one? Number one, it says, the book of Revelation passed through five steps to reach us. What are they? This is very important. How does God transmit a message to last day people? Today, we transmit our messages through Facebook and Messenger and Snapchat and other ways. But how does God actually do it? We go to Revelation chapter one, and we're looking at verses one to five, then 11 to 19. John writes, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. So, friends, what is this revelation of Jesus Christ? The word apocalypsis or revelation means an unfolding or a revealing. So, what has been revealed unto who? It is a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, his grace and glory his beauty, and his love, to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And that's what we want to know. We want to have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ, and we want to know what's coming on the earth. Please join me in verse 2. So John the Revelator, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep Those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Verse 4 John is writing this to the seven churches which are in Asia. Let's carry on in verse 4 Grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come. So, friends, I put in there the God of the God who, which is, is the God of the past. The God who is or which was is the God of the present and the God which is to come is the God of the future. Here is the Father, Son and Holy Spirit in all their modes who are able to be in time from the end to the beginning and back again. Notice grace be unto you in peace and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. I'm suggesting to you tonight that that is a reference to the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, And I will talk about it more in a moment. Let's go to verse 5. We're in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. So this message is, And coming from the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and he is the first begotten of the dead, and he's the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins, In his blood. Isn't that a beautiful description of Jesus? In a time when lies are being told and our society is full of lies and corruption and deception, Jesus is the faithful witness to give us the knowledge we need in these last days. Because Jesus rose from the dead, everyone else's resurrection who is righteous is assured. And he is also the ruler of the kings of the earth. So, friends, if you're studying Revelation, and you are concerned about what you're reading in the book of Revelation, remember that the God of heaven and his son, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is the ruler of all the kings of the earth, whatever grouping they may be in. So he loves us. He washes us from our sins in his own blood. Well, I felt sure that somebody was going to ask me who the seven spirits of God are. So at the bottom of the page, I've put there that they stand for seven. The seven spirits stand for completion and perfection. It is a reference to the Holy Spirit. The majority of commentators agree on this, this. And Isaiah 11, 2 gives us a sign of that, Zechariah 4, 2. And Revelation 5, 6 speaks about the seven eyes and the seven spirits of God. So let's go to Isaiah 11, verse 2. We're looking at the seven spirits of God. Isaiah 11, Verse 2 in the King James Version. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. There is the first spirit. Number two, the spirit of wisdom. Number three, and the spirit of understanding. Number four, and the spirit of counsel. Number five, and the spirit of might or power, dunamis. Number six, there is the spirit of knowledge. And number seven, there is the spirit of the fear or reverence of the Lord. Friends, there are the playing out of the seven spirits of God. These are all characteristics of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to let you do some more study on that, but I hope that that has been helpful. You can write those extra texts into your lesson. Let's dive into Revelation 1 and verse 11. So the message comes saying to John, I am Alpha and Omega, Jesus says, the first and the last And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto thee, Seven churches. There's one of our answers. Our answers are always highlighted in yellow text. The seven churches, where are they? In Asia, which is Turkey today. They are Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos is number three, Thyatira is number four, Sardis is number five, Philadelphia is number six, and Laodicea is number seven. That's going to be a great study when we do it. So friends, we go now to verse 19. John is told, write the things which thou hast seen and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. So we're looking at question number one. It's quite a lot of verses. We don't usually look up so many verses. So we're taking it part by part. We've looked up verses one to five and we've looked up verse 11 and 19. So there's seven verses. So how are we going to get our answers? I've combined the main points from all of those verses on the screen, and your answers are in yellow. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel, is our second answer, unto his servant John. Then John wrote them to the seven churches, which are in Asia, and in verse 19, he was told to write the things down which you've seen, the things which have been and the things which shall be hereafter. Let's write our answers in. By the way, you need to take those lessons out of the folder or you won't be able to write the answers in. And I'm really disappointed tonight. I can't hear all that clicking and clacking of the folders opening and closing. I'm sure that would be great percussion. The book of Revelation passed through five steps or five stages to Regis What are they? Number one, the Heavenly Father gave it to Jesus. Jesus transmits the message to his angel. The angel gave it to John the Revelator, who wrote the last book of Revelation. John then was told to write it down, and then John sent it on to the seven churches in Asia Minor, which is Turkey today, and I look forward to sharing that study with you. I'm now going to share with you the note under question one. John wrote the book of Revelation on the small rocky island of Patmos, And in Revelation 1.9, we read this. I'm going to the text on the screen. I, John, who also am your brother and the companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos or Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. So John very clearly tells us where he is and why he's there. I go back to the note. John wrote the book of Revelation on the small rocky island of Patmos in the Aegean Sea, where he'd been banished by the Emperor Domitian because of his face and was first forced to work in the mines as punishment. Patmos was an island prison, the Alcatraz of its day, and John wrote Revelation under the most forbidding and discouraging circumstances please direct your attention now to the screen friends here is a picture of the island or one of the islands that are all joined together for patmos where is it it's off the coast of turkey there in the red circle it's in the top left hand corner it's in the dodecanese group of islands and this island of patmos is full of churches i think there's over um i thought tens of churches on the island and also plenty of monasteries. In terms of Google Maps, there is the formation in Google Maps of the island of Patmos, and you can see it's quite an extensive island, even though it's one of the smaller islands. Now, I was wanting to play you tonight a video clip from YouTube, but I think we want to have a very short time together in our introductory meeting, so I'm recommending to you this video clip. It's called Who Was the Famous Apostle Banished to the Island of Patmos? Of all the ones I watched, it's the most religious. And it's from drive-through history, if you want to write it down. This guy's name is Dave Stotts. Patmos is right there behind him. And it's a really good introduction to the book of um, Revelation, giving some background of how John ended up on the island. And the best thing of all is that it only goes for 4 minutes and 22 seconds, which you should be able to see there on the screen. He then does a backup one, which is now also being displaced. And this is called What Book of the Bible Was Written on the Isle of Patmos? And this one is focusing on the cave of the apocalypse, the cave of the revelation of John. So the YouTube channel is called Drive Through History. The presenter is Dave Stotz. He gives a religious presentation. It's over very quickly and so... In less than nine minutes, you can have the background to John going to the island of Patmos. He gives you a look around the island and also will take you into the cave of the apocalypse. I think you'll find fascinating here in the cave of the apocalypse, the split rock and how they explain that as the Trinity, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. I hope that's a great blessing to you. Would you join me halfway down page four? We're going to question two. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3, God promises a special blessing to those who do three things. And what are those things? John writes, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. Friends, I believe, are in the days now where the time is at hand. So we're instructed to read these messages, to hear these messages, to really hear them, but to keep these things in our heart. That's what we're asked to do, and that means to follow them, to internalise them, to make them life commandments. To read and study revelation is not enough, and many people will only do that, to be blessed, one, master, obey or follow its counsel. Question three. Whom did Jesus say the scriptures reveal in John 5 and verse 39? Jesus said to the Jews, you search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. The Jews were famous for studying the scriptures in order to be saved, in order to have the greatest amount of religious knowledge. The problem is at the end of time, friends, it's not just what you know, it's really who you know, and that needs to be the Lord Jesus Christ. So whom did Jesus say the scriptures reveal? He said, they reveal me. They reveal himself. Come with me to question four. When explaining prophecy, what approach did Jesus use? We're going to Luke 25. We're going to look at three verses, 25, 26, 27, and 32. This is the story of the two men on the road to Emmaus straight after the crucifixion. Remember, Jesus joined them as a stranger. Then Jesus said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, because these two disciples were crying and lamenting that Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, had died on the cross. Verse 26, Jesus challenges them and says, Ought not the Christ to have suffered, the Messiah, to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? Verse 27, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, This tells us how Jesus uses scripture. He begins with Moses and all the prophets. Jesus expounds unto them where? In all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. We jump to verse 32. And the two disciples said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? So friends, when explaining prophecy, what approach did Jesus Christ use? He expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So friends, we're going to ask the question, what method of interpretation of scripture does Jesus use? Jesus always used the historico-prophetic approach, which is to use the history of the scriptures and the writings of the prophets, to the law and to the testimony, Isaiah 8.20. This seminar series also uses the historico prophetic approach and it's important for you to know that. I'm going to the note at the bottom of page four. Please join me. Jesus pointed out what other writers of the Bible said on the subject. His method is of course the correct one. He's saying let the Bible explain itself. Only as we study revelation in light of what other Bible writers say on the same subject can we ever hope to understand it. You know, our personal opinions regarding prophecy do not count. You know, the amazing key to understanding Revelation is the study of other Bible writers, especially those of the Old Testament. Revelation is a mosaic of Old Testament imagery. And Taylor G. Bunch, a renowned author, says, 26 of the 39 Old Testament books are quoted from in Revelation. And then he says, And of the 404 verses in the book, 276 are borrowed or copied from other Bible writers and authors. That is, they come from the Old Testament, from the Hebrew Scriptures. The revelation of Jesus Christ is based on the Old Testament Scriptures in the main. It reveals him as the God of the Old Testament. Well, the first five chapters of Revelation, for example, contain 27, 15, 13, 16, and 14 references, respectively, to the Old Testament. So keep in mind here that as we unlock the revelations, the prophecies and symbols, as you can see on the screen, we do it by finding out what other Bible writers say on the same theme. So this is what Jesus revealed to John, and Jesus invites us to understand the same way. Well, join me with heading number two. We're going to look at communication by symbols. Why is heaven doing this? Question number five, halfway down page five. What does Revelation 1 1 say the angel did to the message of Revelation as he gave it to John? We're in Revelation 1 1 in the King James. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel under his servant, John. So you can see there our answer is that he signified it by his angel. So, friends, the word signify means to communicate by signs, signify signs, and therefore it is a significant way of doing it. Signify means to communicate by signs, tokens, or symbols. So revelations, prophecies are symbolic. There on the screen, you can see seven keys to Bible symbolism, Um, winds stand for war and strife in Jeremiah 25, 31 to 33. And I will refer to that soon. Then there's waters, a day, and then wings and horns, heads and beasts stand for kingdoms and divisions and kingdoms. Join me in question six. How does Revelation 1.1 say that God presented the message of Revelation to his servant? We go back to the first verse. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show under his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel under his servant John. So friends, our answer is very clearly to show, to show unto his servants the things which are coming. That's what we want to discover. That's why I know so many people are tuning in. It's wonderful to have over 200 students joining us on these two nights of the week. And then more will join us via YouTube as these uh, seminar lessons are uploaded later in this week. Friends, the word show, as in the context of Revelation, indicates, as you can see on the screen, a panoramic view. As you read in Revelation, it's easy to see that God was showing views to his servant with sound effects. In reporting the visions, John says, I saw or behold or something similar 73 times. And in Revelation, God is presenting events. He's presenting nations and religious movements and organizations in word pictures or even cartoons. You know, Revelation is God's word picture book or a vast Word Picture Gallery. That's why I'm running this seminar as a full picture program, to give you the religious information of images that you need to understand more clearly God's Word. God bless you. We're in question seven at the bottom of page five. Why did Jesus speak in parables and clothe the book of Revelation in symbols? We go to Luke chapter 8 and verse 10, a very curious text. Jesus said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. Please come over the page after you have filled that in, that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. What does that actually mean? Friends, I want to tell you that Jesus spoke in parables so that Only the spiritually orientated, like this woman at the well, could actually understand. Jesus clothed Revelation in symbols for the same reasons. Only those sincerely seeking truth and guided by the Holy Spirit can comprehend it. Further, the enemies of God are unmasked in this book, and God's people are revealed also in Revelation. Did you know centuries ago God's enemies would have destroyed this book if it had been written in literal language? For this reason, and many others, it was necessary to present the messages of the book in language only God's people can understand. But the symbols need not hinder our understanding. The Bible tells us that what they mean exactly in literal language. Listed below are three prophetic symbols with the Bible's explanation of their literal meaning. Write your understanding of the literal meaning of these symbols in the blanks provided. So I direct your attention here to the screen, and we're going to have these three symbols on the screen. So we need to find out what a beast is, what waters are, and what a day represents. Let's go to Daniel 7.23. We studied this exhaustively last year in the Daniel Prophecy Seminar. Daniel was told the fourth beast shall be the what? There it is on the screen from God's word. The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom. There's our no answer, upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms. Notice it's a very, very tough iron kingdom. And it shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. Friends, I'm going to ask you a question. Does God also use cartoons or um, signs or symbols? Um Of course, he does in the scripture, but do our nations in the world today use the same symbol? So I'm going to give you four symbols and you can tell me which nations they represent. I think there wouldn't be anyone in the room right now who wouldn't know that the bald eagle, the eagle is a great symbol of the United States of America. I think that many would be able to guess that the British Bulldog stands for the United Kingdom. I think we know that the kangaroo is a well-known symbol for the great nation of Australia. But it's interesting, not always animals are used, for this nation uses a maple leaf. And that is the Canucks. In other words, the Canadians who use the maple leaf. So you can see that even today we use symbols, signs and mascots to represent um, even teams and uh, various entities. Well, let's find out what waters mean in Revelation 17, 15. And he said unto me, John, the waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, they are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. So it's very clear that that waters stand for people groups, multitudes, nations, and tongues. It stands for peopled areas. But what about days? We go to Ezekiel 4, 6. And when thou hast accomplished them, lie again on thy right side, Ezekiel, and thou shalt bear the iniquity of the house of Judah, 40 days, and then God says, I've appointed thee each day for a year. In my daily Bible study, I've just spent the last uh, few weeks and months working through Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel. And just a few weeks ago, I did Ezekiel 4 and studied that whole chapter. So, this is very, very familiar to me. So, in terms of the 40 days each day for a year, friends, did you understand that in Bible prophecy? Only in Bible prophecy, one prophetic day, a day of prophecy, actually equals one literal year. The Scripture says that no um, no testimony rises, no point rises and falls on just one testimony. It says, "In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every truth be established." That's an Old Testament text. So let's have another text that backs up this principle. So we have Ezekiel four six. I've laid on you a day for each year, but also Numbers fourteen thirty four. God told the Israelites, for each day you shall bear your guilt. For each day you bear your guilt, you'll bear it one year. So the 40 days, the spies are away were 40 years spent in the wilderness. So write the symbols and blanks provided. Friends, the answer is that B stand for kingdoms can also stand for kings. And so the head of gold in Daniel 2 and the uh, two-winged flying leopard stood for the kingdom of Babylon. What do waters stand for? We learned that waters are stirred up by winds, which represent strife, but waters stand for peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues, meaning different languages. So waters stand for people, areas, heavily populated areas. Finally, I think we know what a day is. A day can stand for a year in Bible prophecy. Friends, this seminar provides you with a literal list of meanings of literal meanings for 88 of revelations, symbols to aid you in your study. Now you'll see that blue exhibit and many of the lessons have exhibits which are extra information and that is with you if you have your lessons or you've downloaded it. Um, And it can be expanded so that you can see all the symbols of revelation. They are given their literal meanings and given their Bible texts. That is also downloadable from the website that I will give you in the next email. All right, let's go to heading number three. We're halfway down page six. Let's have a look now at the authority of Bible prophecies. We lay our foundation for our introductory lesson. Well, people want to ask today, is the Bible reliable? Is it factual? Is it believable? How reliable are the words of prophecy? We go to 2 Peter 1, 16 and 19. Peter says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. What were we? Eyewitnesses of his majesty. And that refers to that they saw him ascend from the Mount of Olives and leave and go back to heaven. Verse 19, we also have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed. It's like a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn, which is a reference to the second coming, and the day star, another name for Jesus Christ, arise in your hearts. Friends, prophecy can be trusted. What sort of word of prophecy do we have? You can read it on the screen. We have also a more sure and certain and reliable word of prophecy. A number of years ago, I was working in the outback of Western Australia, and I had two two. Um, hella rally 2000 big lights on the front they weren't leds but i'll tell you what when kangaroos and emus and uh, stock cattle are wandering across the the road in the middle of the night i want to tell you that you need a light that shines down in a dark place and i want to tell you god's word in this revelation seminar is going to do that for you it's going to illuminate the past the present and the future So how reliable are the words of prophecy? We are eyewitnesses of his majesty, Peter says. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. It can be relied on. In fact, the note says that prophecy is more reliable than an eyewitness account. We're going to get into some of these prophecies soon and you're going to find them absolutely exciting. Question nine, at the bottom of page six, God gives two warnings in regard to interpreting prophecy. What are they? We go to 2 Peter 1.20. We also refer to Revelation 22, 18 and 19. Well, Peter's very clear in verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any what? Private interpretation. That means the prophet was not allowed to make it up himself. God gives two warnings in regard to interpreting prophecy. What are they? Friends, prophecy is not allowed to be the prophet's private interpretation. What does the word prophecy or prophet really mean? It comes from the Greek word pro. It means in place of, and fetes means to speak. So a prophet is one who speaks for another. And in the Bible, a prophet is merely God's mouthpiece. A prophet is God's spokesman. The other warning that God gave us in Revelation 22, 18 and 19, we are not to add to God's word, neither are we to take away from the words of his prophecies. Question 10 at the bottom of page six. Since God says that Revelation is not now and never has been sealed, why is it that so many feel it is closed or impossible to understand? Isn't that a good question? So let's go to Isaiah 29 and verses 11 and 12. We're going to Isaiah 29 and verses 11 and 12. It says, And the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. Verse 12. Verse 12. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, read this, I pray thee. And he saith, that I am not learned. Friends, let's go to the voice version and see if we can understand a little clearer what that's saying. Well, friends, everything God is disclosing to you will be like the words recorded in a book that's sealed. When it's given to one who's literate, he can't read it because it's sealed. But when it's given to one who is illiterate, he can't read it either because he doesn't know how. So, friends, God says that revelation is not now and never has been sealed. Why is it that so many feel it's closed, sealed, or impossible to understand? Because Satan's strategy is to claim that revelation cannot be understood because it is sealed or because we are not learned. We don't have degrees. We don't have... PhDs, we are not doctors of theology, but friends, that is not right. The Bible is open to all. You know, Satan does not want people to understand Revelation because it clearly exposes his snares. So he does everything possible to discredit it. Satan used this strategy in Old Testament days. He's doing it again today very, very effectively. Well, how much of Scripture is inspired? we go to 2 Timothy 3:16 if you're a long standing christian you should know this verse well that all scripture how much all scripture is given by inspiration of god meaning it's god breathed it's inspired by him it's created by him and it's good or profitable for doctrine or teaching for reproof or condemnation telling us where we're going wrong for correction and telling us how to get on the right pathway and for instructing us in righteousness it tells us how to be saved so friends how much of scripture is inspired in second timothy three sixteen, the answer is all friends today many christians do not like all of scripture and so they tear out a page here they tear out a page there and i want to tell you if you keep doing that you'll end up with just the covers of the bible all of God's words are inspired and whether we like it or not, if we follow it, we will be reading it and hearing it and keeping it. We will be blessed with a threefold blessing. Question 12, halfway down page 7. If we twist the scripture to fit our own opinions and preferences, what can be the result? Once again, we go back to Second Peter 3, 15 and 16. Peter here tells us Paul's writings are hard to understand. I think that's very encouraging because Paul can be sometimes hard to understand. Let's read it. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, Peter writes, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, verse 16. As also in all his epistles, all his letters, Paul is speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Rest means to twist. It's an old English word meaning to rest it or to twist it. Friends, if we twist the scriptures to fit our own opinions and preferences, what can be the result? I want to warn you that it can lead to your own destruction. Now, I want to give you an illustration on the screen, not in the lesson, of one way that people could be deceived, and that is the quoting of scripture out of context. I want to tell you that the Bible actually says top, not come down, and I'm going to erroneously suggest to you that the Bible says that women should not wear their hair up on their heads. This is a very dangerous thing to say, isn't it? That women should not wear their hair up on their heads, they should wear their hair down. Because the Bible says, top, not come down. But friends, that is a misunderstanding. That is a resting and twisting of the scripture. Because what does scripture really say? In Matthew 24, 17, although I quoted the words, I have changed the meaning. Well, Jesus said, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Verse 17, let him which is on the house top not come down to take anything out of his house. Friends, the context is fleeing Judea with the Roman army around the city. It's got nothing to do with wearing the hair up or wearing the hair down. I'm just showing that as an illustration to avoid any resting or twisting of the scripture, it will be done to your own destruction. Our final heading tonight is four important keys. Let's go to question 13. Four things are essential if I'm truly to understand the Bible, including the book of Revelation. What are they? Let's have a look at one and two, answers one and two. We go to 1 Corinthians 2.14 to find out how spiritual things are discerned, and we go to Revelation 21.6 to see what we must do for truth, to receive the truth. 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man, the Fleshly man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Why is that? Paul tells the Corinthian church, neither can this natural fleshly earthly man know because they are what? Spiritually discerned. So friends, here's the rule. That spiritual things are spiritually discerned. And I want to tell you tonight, if you're finding this prophecy seminar exciting, it's probably because you love to be in God's word. You're reading maybe an hour of God's word a day. And I want to encourage you in that because that's exactly what we're going to need to get through these last days. God bless you as you read his word. It brings joy. I want to tell you it's bringing me great joy and it's really helping me to present these seminars online. We jump now to Revelation 21.6. And he said unto me, John, it is done, for I am the Alpha and Omega, Jesus says, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst, of the fountain of the water of life freely. what's the fountain of the water of life the answer is that it is salvation well friends spiritual things to spiritually discern that's why many people misunderstand the scripture and secondly you and i must absolutely thirst for truth and so with so many people registered for this seminar series even in excess of of last year, I'm excited that people are hungry for God's word. They want to be watching and understanding God's word. They're tired of reality TV and all the drudgery and all the, the stuff that that brings that just drags us down into the mundane life that we want to escape. And God's word is that escape to a better land. God bless you as you study it. Well, let's have a look at the third thing that's essential, Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.15 and Acts 17 11. How should we study? We should study to show ourselves approved under God. We need to be workmen and workwomen that needeth not to be ashamed about our work because we're rightly dividing the word of truth. And then Acts 17, 11, Paul wrote, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. speaking about the Bereans, isn't he? In that they received the word with readiness of mind. And how often did they search the scripture? Once a year? Once a month, once a week, once a day? Friends, the answer is they search the scriptures daily. And I'm putting that challenge out to you tonight, I'm going to ask you to actually make sure you read through the Bible in a year, and you need to find out whether those things were so. So, friends, we must study the Bible daily. We need to search or test it to test all or search out all things or beliefs by its teachings. Well, that takes us to the bottom of page seven. And our last page is page eight. As we wind down to the close of our seminar, would you join me at the top of page eight? We're heading, heading into question 13 and answer four. We're looking at the fourth thing that's essential. If we're truly to understand the Bible, we're going to Revelation one three and John 17.7. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep Those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. A threefold blessing if you read it, a threefold blessing if you hear it, and a threefold blessing if you keep the things that are written therein. I remember that text in the New Testament that says that Mary watched everything that happened to Jesus and she kept everything in her heart. That's what it means to keep those things. In John 7.17, we read this. The words of Jesus, if any man will do God's will, that man will know of the doctrine and the teaching, whether it comes from God the Father or whether I, Jesus Christ, am making it up myself. Friends, there's an understanding in the Hebrew that in the doing and the following of God's word, there will be an understanding to step out in faith. Remember the Old Testament priests? They marched into the river with the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders and then the river parted. They had to show faith. So, friends, if any man will do his will, that's what we're asked to do, to follow and obey, he shall know of the doctrine or the teaching, whether it comes from God or whether it's been made up by somebody else. Friends, we must be willing to do God's will. As it becomes clear to me, Christ dedicated revelation to his servants or followers Jesus Christ gives no indication that others will understand it. In fact, the secret of understanding spiritual matters is found in Daniel 12.10. And what do we read in Daniel 12.10? That none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. To really understand prophecy, I must have spiritual illumination, which is given only to those who love and serve God. Question 14 of 15, what promises does Jesus give to those who obey his word? What promises does he give? We go to Revelation 3.10 and Revelation 22.14. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, what does that actually mean? Let's go to the New King James, the kept the word of my patience. The New King James says, you have kept my command to persevere. Patience means the enduring ones. Because thou hast kept the word of my patient, I command to you to endure. Last day, Christians, God says, I will also keep thee from what? There's the answer the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Revelation 22 14 Blessed are they that do his commandments, those who obey, that they might have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. So friends, he will keep us from the hour of temptation. I kind of feel that we're going through that hour of temptation now, but I'm sure there's a greater time of testing to come. In Revelation 22:14, they'll have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the city. Friends, I have wonderful news for you tonight. What is the wonderful news? The wonderful news right now is that Jesus Christ says, I go to prepare a place for you. In John 14, he promises to prepare a place for you. And I want to tell you, your home is being built in heaven for you right now. So don't worry about paying off the mortgage if you're renting. Don't worry, you might be ahead. So friends, the wonderful news is that there is a place prepared for us, a mansion for us in heaven let's go to question 15 as the holy spirit of god shows you great truths about jesus from the book of revelation are you willing to obey these truths well i'm putting in my answer there i've got it in my uh my lesson guide here yes i will i absolutely want to obey those truths and receive the great keys of the book of revelation So, friends, in summarising what we've learned tonight, I have three points that summarise the lesson. Point number one is, what did we learn? Before we go there, if you found what we've gone through tonight a little bit basic, then I want to tell you that tonight was laying a slab. Now, if you have a new house built and you're especially excited, you will run out to see the slab being laid. But most people don't run out to see the slab being laid. Tonight, we've laid a foundation. We've laid a foundation for what is to come. And maybe what is to come, the frame and uh, all the accessories in this house might be more exciting. But I want to tell you that we have laid a solid foundation for what is coming. Let's go to point number one. Point number one is that the book of Revelation can be understood. It can be understood itself without you being a scholar or needing to go anywhere else and receive any other understanding. Number two, we've learned that the Bible can interpret itself. That's why it can be understood. Our third point is that God has a life and death message to transmit to his last day people via this important book. We're talking tonight about the book of Revelation. And God bless you as you continue to study it and dive down deep. Well, do you remember we started the seminar tonight with our four discovery points? Maybe if you were late to log in, you missed it. Let's go back over them. How do we get the book of Revelation? Remember that God gave it to an angel who gave it to John and he gave it to the seven churches. What is the best method for interpreting the Bible? The ancient biblical writings claim to and actually do interpret themselves. What or who is promised a blessing by the book of Revelation? It's promised to those who read, to promise to those who hear and promise to those to keep, who keep those things written in the book of Revelation in their hearts by obeying them. Well, what solemn warning does the book of Revelation give regarding the misuse of scripture, not to add, not to take away, or even try to twist or rest the scriptures? Friends, I asked you in the emails that I sent out to make sure that you uh, printed out the Revelation Seminar Quiz if you want to be involved in the quiz. I want to tell you what you're playing for tonight. Unfortunately, it's not the millionaire quiz, but you might be interested in that we're offering one $100 Bible gift voucher that will come from your local Adventist Book Centre where you can uh, claim that. We are also offering two $50 Bible gift vouchers also from Adventist Book Centres then there's a revelation seminar exam if you go looking for that that is tucked away in lesson 24 some people like to do the exam at the end but some diligent students will actually go looking for that exam and fill it in as they go through the lessons i would suggest that's the easiest way what are we offering for the two winners of the revelation seminar exam found tucked away in lesson 24 at the back of your seminar lessons we're offering their jacques B. Ducan, one of my former lecturers um, in theology, Jacques B. Ducan's book, Secrets of Revelation. And that is called A Seer Looks Through the Book of Revelation Through Hebrew Eyes. So if you have printed out your Revelation seminar envelope tonight, please put on there your name. I need to know your name. I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet. Please put on there RS01. That can be sent to me via email. It can also send to me via a photograph via your phone to my mobile number, which you have in the email. Also, I want you to notice here on the left that there are three boxes for response questions. We're going to fill those in first, then we're going to quickly go through the five quiz questions. Let's do that now. So the response questions are in the left-hand boxes, one to three. This helps me to see if you're understanding what we're teaching Question one, if tonight's study was clear to you, I'm asking you to put a tick in box number one, if if it was clear. I always want these studies to be clear. Maybe sometimes they're too crystal clear, but you know what? A lot of Bible teaching is obscure and cannot be easily understood. What is the point of that? Number two, if you want me to pray that God will give you his special blessings, the threefold blessing as you study the book of Revelation, I'm going to ask you to place a tick in box number two. Finally, if you'd like me to just pray to God for you to answer maybe one of your prayer requests that might be outstanding or a new prayer request, then please put a tick in box number three. Those are those three boxes on the left-hand side of the envelope. All right, let's go now to our Revelation Seminar quiz questions. I'm asking you to write in the the whole word true and false because in the past I've had t's put there that look like f's they're t's with a line across so i never know if it's a t or an f so for you to successfully convey to me your answer because this is a test and will result in prizes at the end of the seminar series i need you actually write in the words true or false let's go to question one these questions are all based on our lesson tonight the revelation of jesus christ came from god the father who gave it to his son jesus who delivered it to an angel, who passed it on to John, who wrote it down for the seven churches and for us. Would that be true or would that be false? All right, I think we're reading there Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. Is that true or false? Please put your answer in there. I need you to write your answer in right now. We're going straight to the answer. The revelation of Jesus Christ is true. Absolutely true. Let's go to question number two. One principle of Bible study is to let the Bible explain itself. Is that true or is that false? Please write your answer in now. Thank you so much. I think the answer is true. Number three, those who read, hear and practice in their life the words and thoughts of of Revelation, the book of Revelation, of Jesus Christ are promised a special blessing. Is that true or false? Please write your answer in now on the quiz uh, envelopes that you've printed out on your printer. Yes, the answer is true. Number four, the revelation of Jesus has been unveiled in our day to prepare a people for Christ's soon return. What is the answer to that? Is it true or false? False revelation is for God's last day Christians the answer is absolutely true. Question five those who are willing to do God's will will surely understand the revelation as they study it according to John 717. is that true or is that false? Please write your answer in now and lock it in. we're closing our quiz tonight and the answer is I'm assuming all the people said, true, it's yes. I'm asking you to give yourself a score out of five at the top of that envelope to scan that and email that to me or to uh, send it to me immediately via a photograph and to email it to my mobile number. Well, friends, we're going to start tonight a Revelation Seminar Wall of Truth. Lesson number one is the first brick in that wall, and it was Revelation, the open book. What did we learn? We learn very simply that the Bible can interpret itself. In fact, the Bible is most at ease and the Bible is strongest when it is interpreting itself. So there we are. We have finished lesson number one, but we are heading towards lesson number two. The lesson for next week I'm asking you to look up and spend amount of time on is about the star of the drama of Revelation. It's about Jesus. By the way, this is a very serious lesson. It's a very structured lesson and it's not one to be left to the last minute. Although if you don't have time to do it, please feel free to join us. What are we going to learn next week? Same time, same channel. Point number one, just what does Jesus Christ actually look like? Many people don't even know. He's described very clearly in the book of Revelation. Number two, when did God choose that Jesus should die for the sins of the world? Is there a time? Is there a date? What special time period? In the Old Testament proves Jesus is really the prophesied Messiah. When is that? And number four, in what two years was Jesus baptized and later crucified? Well, can we even know those things? Friends, I want to tell you this is a lesson you need to do for homework. You can't skim this one because here is what we're going to study, the 70 weeks. You need to know the seven weeks, the 62 weeks, and the one week and how it's split up in the half when Messiah's cut off. I'm asking you to very clearly spend time studying that because it will show you that we worship a God of time, a God in time. Well, I want to thank you for being with us tonight. I'm going to close our session with prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, our Saviour and Holy Spirit, tonight, Father, we come before you with praise and thanksgiving for what an amazing lesson, written by John on Rocky Park Father, tonight as we've gone through and put a slab down to build on as we study the book of Revelation, we thank you for the fact that you've assured us that we have a sure word of prophecy, that if we read, hear and keep these things, we will receive a threefold blessing. Continue to bless our students as they dig down deep into God's word and study in the week to come. Jesus, the star of the book of Revelation. And may we receive wonderful things from reading your word and beautiful understandings of the gospel and the plan of salvation. And I ask it in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Let all the people say, amen. I want to thank you for being with us tonight in Revelation Seminar Lesson Number One. On Revelation, the open book, and I'll say thank you and good night.
0: You've been listening to Prophecy Seminar, the book of Revelation with Pastor David Price. For more information about this series, you can visit the YouTube page True Blue SDA. All one word, that's True Blue SDA.
1: This program has been brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio.